You're listening to Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices. I'm Umbreen Khan. This week, we're talking about Texas voting rights and the response of the faith community. Before the break, B. Moorhead, executive director who leads Texas Impact, a nonpartisan statewide network of faith leaders engaged in public policy, described her reaction to President Biden's speech, the polarization, and how her organization is responding. Let's get back to our conversation. Before we took a break, you were just describing the strategy that legislative leaders took in Texas that amounted to 48 hours of nonstop public hearings in two chambers and then a roll call vote. There was a straight party line vote in which the controversial bill was sent to the House calendar to be scheduled for a full vote in the House. I want to start by asking you to describe the feeling among your members and the response that you're hearing. It's hard to convince people in local communities that their concerns are being listened to when that's the outcome at the Capitol. What I hear you saying is that the net result was an erosion of trust. That's exactly right. The fact that this has happened is a graphic example of how damaged and fragile the relations are among the body that's responsible for making policies that impact the health and welfare of 30 million Texans. We can't afford this to continue as a state. So our organization joins with many others and with leaders from all sides calling on all of the parties to hit a hard reset. What does that mean to reset? Lawmakers need to set aside highly politicized, amplified issues and focus on addressing long-term structural policy issues like education, healthcare, and energy. Those are the issues that impact the well-being of everyday Texans. But putting those issues on the call for the special session, but making them subordinate to a partisan election bill, set the table for what was going to be a very unhappy family dinner. And we're all seeing the results play out in a very public way on the national media, which doesn't do anything to help the millions of people in the state who actually need services and programs. And it doesn't do anything to help the officials who are called to serve those people. Can you describe the religious landscape of Texas today? The myth that Texas is a white Christian state is just simply not true. People have an idea that they understand Texas is the buckle in the Bible belt, people like to say. Here's the reality. Texas is one of the most religiously diverse states in the country. Houston, Texas, and and the Houston area is the most religiously diverse big city in the United States. But it's not just Houston. There are mosques, synagogues, temples, house churches, and beyond all over the state. In rural East Texas, in far West Texas, there are Mennonites in the Rio Grande Valley. There are Sikhs in the Gulf Coast. 
every one of our voices and every one of our perspectives is equally of worth in the public square when we come together to decide how we're going to live together. How informed is the faith community about the processes that the legislature is seeking to change with these bills? The answer is highly informed. And the reason is that once you get below the level of national and state partisan politics and you move into the realm of on-the-ground implementation, in local communities across the state, the people who are doing the day-to-day work of registering voters and finding out if people need particular help and serving as election judges and serving as vote counters, the people who count the ballots in the central counting station, all of those people are attached to their local faith communities. They are part of the local civic infrastructure that in a local community serving with the election judges of the opposing party are the same people who serve together with those people in the other party at the food bank, at the homeless shelter, in the park cleanup day. They have real relationships with each other and they know what it takes to make the election work for everybody in the community. When Senator Springer was describing what it takes for people in his rural district to vote, that's not something that the people in my central Austin neighborhood are very familiar with. The people in my neighborhood mostly probably could walk or certainly ride their bike to their polling place. In Senator Springer's district, he described people who have to drive hours to get to a polling place. His people are the expert on what their circumstances are. Historian Annette Gordon-Reed, who just wrote on Juneteenth, spoke with her and she described this as, you cannot understand the voting rights debate in Texas without understanding Texas history. Do faith leaders see this through that historical lens? Very much so. Very much so. We know that we have tough history in Texas. People of all faiths don't need to sugarcoat things. That's not what faith is about. It's about honestly discussing things that are painful and finding common ground. So people of faith will not have the luxury of just watching the political drama unfold. What actions are you planning? What's What are the next steps for your organization? So we're having an event on Sunday and Monday. We're having a two-day event. It's called Let My People Vote. How many people are you expecting to show up? I mean, I'm probably going to say 500. On Monday morning, the Texas League of Women Voters, in partnership with some county election officials, is doing a training that we're calling Make It Work. Our perspective is no matter what happens in this legislative session, we still have three statewide elections coming up in the next 16 months, and they have to happen. So people of faith have to get prepared to help administer those local elections. We'll have that 
training in the morning, then the rally. We are co-sponsoring a rally with the NAACP, the League of Women Voters, and Texas LULAC. What does Texas LULAC stand for? The League of United Latin American Citizens. So three nationally based organizations with long historic ties to faith communities across the country. I'll tell you this, none of our members, not Texas Impact's constituency, not the constituencies of those organizations, none of them want to go stand on the steps of the Texas Capitol in the hot sun in the middle of July to listen to speakers talk about anything. The reason that they will come, the reason that we'll get a lot, we got buses of people coming from all corners of the state is because they don't feel like there's any other way to get lawmakers' attention. The community that you serve has things they want to tell you, all of the people, not just the few who have figured out how to be the squeaky wheel. And then we'll have people visit legislative offices. And of course, most of the Democrats probably won't be there, but they'll go see everybody else and they will bear this message. Hit a reset. This this is not supposed to be this kind of partisan issue. Mm. Senator Judith Zaffarini, who is a longtime Texas leader from Laredo, says a famous quote, Hablando se entiende la gente. Talking together is how people come to understand each other. Is there enough talking happening? No. Did you watch President Biden or hear President Biden's speech from Philadelphia? I heard some of it, yes. What was your reaction to his prioritizing federal voting rights legislation? How does that play in Texas? I think it probably plays in Texas about like it did in 1964. What President Biden said in Philadelphia is no less true than what Lyndon Johnson said in 1964. And it's no less antagonistic to the South. There's no question that voting rights, the most fundamental right in our country, will continue to be a polarizing issue in the South, in Texas. So do I think he's right to center federal voting rights? Absolutely. Do I think it's going to make my job easier? Probably not. After President Biden's speech, there was a lot of concern and analysis about the tone he struck not just centering voting rights, but making the case that the country is in a precarious place and what many describe as a potential civil breakdown. What do you see? What do you hear? A pastor I set a lot of store by gave a sermon one time when she compared the kind of conflict that we have in the public square to a couple fighting. And she said, you can see a couple fighting and you can get an idea of whether they are fighting to make up or fighting to break up. And at some point in a fight, a couple has to decide, are we going to 
have this fight in a constructive way to make it work because we want to stay together? Or are we really fighting because we don't love each other anymore and we want to break up? I believe that we don't want to break up. I don't want to break up. I don't think any of our legislature wants to break up. I think we have to make that pivot as a country. Fee Moorhead is the executive director of Texas Impact. It's an organization that was founded in 1973 in the wake of a major corruption scandal that shook Texas government to its core. The organization works to equip faith leaders and their congregations with education, information, opportunities, and outreach tools to engage with lawmakers on pressing public policy issues. To learn more, you can visit texasimpact.org. That's all for this week's episode. A special thanks to this week's producer, Kevin McCarthy, our founder, Maureen Fiedler, and MC Yogi for our theme music. You can head over to interfaithradio.org to explore our archives, subscribe to the newsletter, or learn more about us. Wherever you are, I hope you are safe. I hope you stay connected. And I hope to see you next week. I'm your host and executive producer, Umbreen Khan. <laughs>